What's up, everyone? Welcome into episode number 184, where I will talk about Michigan beating Indiana 52-7 at home. I also talk about Michigan State falling to Rutgers at Rutgers 27-24. And then I'll talk about GVSU getting a 21-point win at home against Ferris State. And before I end the podcast, of course, I will preview the game this week, the rivalry game, Michigan State versus Michigan at Michigan State. But before we get into that preview, we have to go over what happened last weekend. And let's start out with Michigan winning at home against Indiana. Going into that game, I said that this game wasn't going to be close. I said that Indiana is actually the worst team in the Big Ten, in my opinion. And this kind of proves it, in my opinion, just because Indiana, while up 7-0 early on in this game, it wasn't really even a competitive game. And the only reason why Indiana was up 7-0 was because of a trick play and a blown coverage by Michigan. I don't really know exactly what happened there. Indiana, that was really kind of the only offense of the game. After that, J.J. McCarthy, again, was great. He threw for three touchdowns. Michigan, again, was pretty dominant running the ball. Kind of the same story as the first couple of weeks, or at least the first five or six weeks for this Michigan team. It's just repeating the same kind of stuff. Like, they're not playing a very good team in Indiana. They haven't played a very good team this year at all. Uh, they just start out slow, it seems like. Gives the team kind of a little bit of hope in that first quarter, maybe even the first half. And then in the second half, they absolutely blow them out. And in this game, that's exactly what happened. While Michigan was up 21-7 to in that first half at halftime, it just didn't really ever feel that close. It could have been absolutely a blowout in the first half. Was not up 14 Definitely was probably not what was expected of Michigan, but they end up covering pretty handily in this game. So a lot of the same type of stuff. Michigan, very good running the ball. J.J. McCarthy, again, dominating through the air. Statistically, I don't think he'll ever really kind of be in that true Heisman role candidacy, but J.J. McCarthy is having a really good year. And if he continues this going forward. I definitely think he has a very good chance of breaking the passing touchdown record for a season, which hasn't been broken in quite a while. Defensively, Indiana just couldn't do anything, couldn't stop Michigan. Defensively, Michigan could stop Indiana. It's just kind of the same story. I don't know what else people want me to say. Like Michigan defensively, front seven was dominating. Secondary was very, very good besides the one-blown coverage. Like, same story. And honestly, it'll probably be a pretty similar story to what's going to go on this week. But we'll talk about that later on. So let's get into the game that I probably have the most issue with. And that is the Michigan State-Bruckers game. This was Kane Hauser's first start at Michigan State. And I thought it was pretty good. I thought that first drive was very encouraging. That was actually the first touchdown drive of all the season. First time they ever scored a touchdown on the first drive. Pretty incredible. Looked really good. Uh, ran quite a bit. He did have a couple of throws that probably should have been intercepted. They were not. But I thought Ken Hauser was solid. I didn't think he was spectacular. I thought he was good enough. I thought he made some plays. I thought he was good on the ground as well, using his feet. Nathan Carter wasn't very good. 
offensive line was pretty good for about three quarters, and then the fourth quarter they were pretty bad. Defense, kind of the same thing. Like they were pretty good in the first three quarters, and then the fourth quarter happened, and they just kept getting the ball run down the throat by McGun by, by McGun guy from Rutgers, which. Honestly, in my opinion, probably wasn't the defense's fault, at least completely. And that's because of special teams. And this is where my issue kind of comes up. Michigan State is paying the special teams coach, Scott Ells. Oh, not Scott Ells, Ross Ells. I shouldn't make it correct. He's paying him $575,000 a year. He's paid the sixth highest special teams coach in the country. One thing that you know it's bad when you know the special team's coach's name. Ross Ells, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people's opinion, is the worst special teams coordinator in the country. And I don't think it's honestly even close. The amount of times that Michigan State lines up wrong, gets an illegal formation in a game, it happens at least once a game. This is stuff that you practice every single week, and they just can't get it right. And that is on the special teams coach. The special teams literally lost Michigan State this game. In the fourth quarter, Michigan State was up 24-6. They were dominating. Rutgers had no chance in this game until special teams messed up. It all starts with, I'm pretty sure, late in the third, early in the fourth, Michigan State had a pretty decent punt from their end zone, but they got an illegal formation, so of course it comes back. Next thing you know, the punter drops the ball, goes into the end zone, and Rutgers scores a touchdown. That's just the start, and this is where I'm going to kind of get into um, Harlan Barnett's postgame quotes, because he's like, yeah, we kind of saw, we kind of saw it, but hey, we're still leading at that time. We saw what was happening, but they didn't ever stop the snowball. And the thing with the snowball effect is once it keeps rolling down the hill, you're not going to stop it. And Michigan State did not do that. And that continued because of Ross Ells not knowing what he's doing. And I know he is a college coach, but when you line up and an offside kick formation to receive the ball with eight minutes left to go in the game when you're only up by three. I don't think I've ever seen a coach do that in my life. I don't think a high school coach would do that. It makes absolute no sense. Like, tell me how that makes sense. Tell me how Rutgers is going to onside kick it with eight minutes left to go in the game. There's eight minutes left to go. It's not like it's two minutes left to go, three minutes left to go. It's eight minutes left to go. There's a whole half of a quarter left, at least. But Ross Ellis decides, hey, let's do an, an onside kick formation or recovery team formation. Rutgers gets a perfectly executed pooch kick. Tyrell Henry does not fair catch the ball. He lets it bounce, and it bounces weirdly because guess what? The grass is wet, so you never know. And we already saw that there's a couple of returners, especially one returner for Rutgers, that muffed a punt that gave Michigan State the ball back. But you can fair catch this, Tyrell, and he does not bounce his wrong. Rutgers recovers it. 
Next thing you know, touchdown Rutgers. Rutgers is up 27-24. On the very next play. Michigan State went from 24 to 6 up. Down by 3 in, I believe, 5 minutes. That is just poor coaching. That's poor execution. Actually, I don't even want to say that's poor execution. I believe that's completely on coaching. And also the last, like, six minutes, Rutgers just ran the ball down the defense's throat, like, over and over and over again. And part of that issue is because that defense was never off the field. The play calling offensively did not make sense. They were making Kane Hauser throw 15-yard outs down the field in pouring rain. Jay Johnson. No, you cannot do that. If it wasn't a point rain, fine. That's absolutely fine with me. But the weather was not good. It was raining all day. That's not an easy throw for any quarterback to make, especially for a quarterback that's making his first start of the year. But no, that's what you call. Guess what? Three and out. Decent punt. Illegal formation. Replay it. Punter fumbles it. Touchdown Rutgers. Onside kick recovery formation. Rutgers recovers it. Like, look at these things. These are coaching. It's coaching. And it's been an issue for a while. It's going to continue being an issue. And honestly, this is not the first time special teams have lost Michigan State again. Ross Ells, and I know there's those jokes about that coaches should be left at the airport when stuff like this happens. And, of course, you're never actually going to do that, right? Like, no like, no team's going to really actually physically leave them on the runway, I don't think. Maybe, maybe someday there will be a coach that literally gets physically left on a runway. That would be an, an interesting story, to say the least. But Ross Ellis should not be coaching the special teams. And if he's coaching the special team against Michigan, I do not feel confident whatsoever if this game is even close that they're going to execute. I never want to see Michigan State being an onside recovery formation unless it's like two minutes left to go in the game, maybe three. If I ever see that again, I hope fans boo this team. I hope fans boo this coaching staff because this coaching staff has been an issue and it's gotten worse throughout the last couple of weeks and I know they're in a really bad position. Everyone understands that this coaching staff is not in a good position, especially Harlan Barnett. Like, I don't want to give Harlan Barnett a pass because guess what? He hasn't been great. But this coaching staff has been an issue ever since Mel Tucker has taken over. And I honestly think it needs to be completely cleaned out after this year. I think it will be. I think this coaching staff is not doing its job. And I think a lot of fans at Michigan State are upset by it. I think a lot of Fans are very frustrated by Jay Johnson. They absolutely should be. Is he kind of holding back the play call, play calling a little bit because of Kane Hauser? I don't necessarily know. Will he release a little bit more this week? Hopefully he actually calls a good play uh, as a game plan this week. We'll see. But, yeah, just a loss that Michigan State should not have had. Basically means that Michigan State is going to have to either beat Michigan Penn State or Ohio State to go to a bowl. And that just means you have to also win your like 50-50 games that you have left, which probably won't happen. So if I had to guess, Michigan State probably does not go to a bowl game this year, unless their testing last year was really good and might slip in. 
a five and seven record. They might not even get to five games at this point. If this coaching staff continues to coach the way they have been, then I don't know if Michigan State's going to even get a win. Maybe they'll get a win over Indiana just because I think Indiana and Tom Allen is just so bad at their job and such a bad team overall. Maybe they will get a win there, but this coaching staff has to be better. Now, I do want to talk or at least say one thing. I believe that these players are giving their all out there. I believe they're trying. I believe they want to win this game. And I think that's what a lot of people believe. I think a lot of Michigan State fans are upset at the players. I think a lot of the fans are upset at the coaches. And it's been an issue for a while. And I think there's been a lot of upset people about specific coaches for a while. And I think it'll continue unless somehow Michigan State beats Michigan, which we'll talk about that in probably five minutes. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a review of week number six. Now let's go to GVSU versus Ferris State. What a game. Honestly, this was a game that I thought was going to be a pretty good competitive game. And it actually turned out to be pretty close, but GVSU absolutely dominated for the first, like, quarter and a half honestly they were up 35 nothing against the number one team in the country ferris state i thought this game was going to be over at that point but ferris state ended up making a change at quarterback goes to carson gulker makes a huge difference his legs were used properly he made some huge throws it kind of seems like their secondary wasn't as good later on in the game but carson ended up bringing ferris state back and i believe it was a 35 28 point game going into the late stages of the third quarter then gbsu ends up scoring two touchdowns in the fourth quarter putting the game away and getting a huge win against ferris state there was a couple really great plays one was a awesome catch by kyle Knott, one-handed catch it was actually a top 10 play on sports centers number three i believe on sports center it was absolutely incredible uh they also had avery moore he's the other quarterback at gvsu that plays quite a bit in this game he was pretty good he used his legs i believe he ran for about 120 maybe a little bit more than that couple um touchdown runs as well you had Cade peterson that had a couple of touchdown passes Overall, GBSU played really well in this game, and they absolutely deserve this win, in my opinion. So they're number, number two in the country now. Ferris actually dropped to, I believe, number nine in the country. I don't think they're number nine. I think they're a top three team, in my opinion. I think they just played pretty bad in this game. I also think GBSU played pretty good in this game. So I think it's going to be a game that's going to be played again in the playoffs, and I think it's going to be, again, another pretty competitive game in the playoffs as well but congrats to gvsu on their win in that game before i get into previewing michigan state michigan this week i do want to give a quick shout out or not shout out but talk a little bit about the red wings the red wings have been playing extremely well alex debrinket has been great dylan larkin has been great lucas raymond has been great defense hasn't been great overall but I believe I saw this, that the, that the Red Wings 
are averaging the most goals per game in the NHL, which I think is surprising a lot of people because this offense was not very good last year. They signed a couple players this year. They also traded for Dabrinkit as well, which seems like it's working out extremely well for them. So hopefully that offense can continue to be there, and hopefully that defense continues to play better as well. Also want to talk about Lions real quick. Lions play the Ravens this week. They're a three-point underdog. Huge game for the Lions this week. Uh, Really need to play well because this Ravens team is, I believe, has a top five offense, top five defense in the NFL. If the Lions win this game, I think it would be huge going forward. I believe that it would be the first time since 1950s that they've been 6-1 on the season if they win this game. I also, I don't know if I said this specifically last week, but I always said that if the Lions in these next two games, which was the Bucks and the Ravens, go 2-2 two and two on the road, I'll be happy with that. And they got a big win at the Bucks. Defense was great. Offense did enough. 20-6 last week. Great performance there. If they win against the Ravens, it's going to be a legit conversation that this Lions team is going to be a top five team in the NFL. Like, maybe not even five. Maybe not even four. Like, top three, possibly. And I think, I don't know if they will get that consideration or if they would be. But there'd be that conversation, in my opinion. And that's just because it's not easy going into Baltimore. It's not easy playing the Ravens ever. And if you get that win, you look at the schedule, the rest of the schedule, there's probably only a couple of games where you're probably not going to be the favorite. And you're going to be 6-1. and one. If you can get one more win before the bye after that, then you're cooking with gas a little bit. So huge win for the Lions last week. Big game for them. This Sunday. Now let's talk about the game, the rivalry game, Michigan State, Michigan taking place tomorrow at 7:30. Michigan State will be wearing the Thy Shadows jerseys, uniforms, the black, all black. Uh, Michigan will be going with the white and the blue. A uh, huge game, late night game. It just doesn't seem like there's that kind of energy going into it this game that it has been the past couple of years. Like I know last year Michigan State wasn't good, but there's kind of a little bit of like, hey, you know what? There's still kind of a chance that Michigan State could win it. You have Keon Coleman, you have Jaden Reed, you have some wide receivers that could give Michigan an issue. This year it doesn't really seem like that's there. And honestly, I think it has a lot to do with Michigan State being 2-4. and four. Michigan absolutely dominating everyone that they're playing, a top-two team in the country. Some people might argue a top, num- the number-one team in the country, honestly. They've been just dominating every team that they play. There's been arguments going back and forth that Michigan hasn't played anyone, but there's also arguments that Michigan State isn't very good. And I think there's arguments and agreements that can go both ways in that discussion. But let's talk about the game. Uh, Michigan State, uh, they are going to be probably starting Kane Hauser, his second start of his career. This is a huge, huge game for him, and I don't want to put a ton of expectations on him. I also don't think the coaching staff should force him to make huge throws. 
in this game. With that being said, though, he's going to have to make those huge throws. Like, if you want to win this game, and I think someone made a really good point about this, it has to be a similar situation to what Rocky Lombardi and Ricky White did. You're going to have to throw the ball down the field. You're going to have to have very accurate passes. And you're going to have to have a wide receiver, too, that steps up and just absolutely takes over. And defensively, at least in the secondary, probably won't be on one side of the field. Michigan State is going to have to take advantage of Michigan's second corner because Michigan State is not going to be able to throw the ball consistently on their number one court. So, is that possible? I do think it is possible. I think Michigan State has solid wide receivers. I think Kane Hauser showed a little bit of flashes last week. With that being said, though, one, I think weather might play a factor in this, and two, I think Michigan's just a much better team in this game. Do I think Michigan State truly has a chance in this game? No. I honestly don't. I would be shocked. Absolutely shocked if this game is close. Now, if this game is close and Michigan State somehow wins, it would be a Rocky Lombardi's performance. And honestly, Michigan State would be laughing for a really, really, really long time. Like, this would be a win for Michigan State that they would hold over Michigan for a really long time. Do I expect that to happen? No. Absolutely not. I expect Michigan to come in and keep scoring and keep running up the score over and over and over and over again. Michigan is going to come in angry. And there's a few reasons why. Number one reason is for what happened last year. I don't think Michigan is ever going to forgive them for that. And it's going to be a conversation that's going to be happening until I'm gone and forever. Like, it's going to be brought up every single year. Like, it's going to be talked about. Like, we know that's going to happen. Number two, the investigation that Michigan is going through with the NCAA tournament. Not tournament, NCAA right now. The quote-unquote spygate investment investigation. I am not going to talk about that too much right now because what I've always believed and what I will always say is that I always wait to give my full thoughts on the investigation once it's completed. There's Michigan fans that think it's an absolute sham, that they think that the NCAA is just going after Jim Harbaugh because of comments he's made, that they're going after Michigan because they're really, really good. There's fans that believe, hey, you know what? This is obviously cheating that Michigan should be punished for it. What I believe is that this investigation will take place. The NCA will come out with a ruling, and we will address it at that time. Do I think other teams steal signs? Yeah, I do. But at the same time, does that make it okay? That's up to you to decide. But I think Michigan State's going to come in really motivated. And I think Michigan's not going to stop scoring 
I think if Michigan could put up 50, 60 points, they will. I think Michigan State and Michigan fans, if possible, are going to try to embarrass the other team. And I think Michigan's a lot more likely to do that. I think Michigan fans want to absolutely embarrass Michigan State. I think Jim Harbaugh wants to do that. And I could come on this podcast on Monday or Tuesday of next week and say, hey, Michigan did exactly that. Michigan went into East Lansing, embarrassed Michigan State. And I think that's a lot more likely. Michigan State, I saw, was 25.5-point underdogs right now. Last time it was that big, Rocky Lombardi happened. Am I saying that will happen? No, I'm not. And the reason why I'm saying that is because if you look on the paper and compare like the offensive line, the defensive line, the running back, the quarterback, the wide receivers, the secondary, the linebackers, if you look on paper, you can see that Michigan is the better team at those positions by quite a bit. Like there's some positions you can kind of argue, like maybe like wide receiver, maybe linebackers. Everywhere else, Michigan's a much better team, and coaching-wise, Michigan's a much better team. And that's why I'm saying that I honestly don't see that Rocky Lombardi situation happening this year. I think Michigan, again, comes out, dominates. I think they keep the game pretty close going to halftime. It just kind of seems like that's been kind of a common thread throughout this season, maybe even into last year as well. But if Michigan has the opportunity to blow out Michigan State, I think they will. And I would be shocked if it's a close game going into the fourth quarter. If it's a close game going into the fourth quarter, there's a few reasons why. Uh, Michigan State is playing the best game of their season. And Michigan State is playing one of the worst games of the year. And I think if that happens, Michigan State has a chance. If Michigan State forces J.J. McCarthy to make mistakes, Michigan State can stop the run. And their offensive line can be better. They've been improving. They haven't had a great game throughout the whole game. Like, they have, like, two or three quarters where they're really good. I think they were pretty good against Rutgers. And Rutgers defensively is a pretty good team. And then the fourth quarter, they were just really bad. And stopping the run hasn't been a thing Michigan State really has done extremely well this year anyways. So Michigan State's going to have to play their best game, and they're going to have to hope that Michigan brings like their C or D game into this game. So do I think that will happen? No. Do I expect Michigan to get the win pretty handily? Yes. Do I, I think Michigan covers this 25.5 point spread? No. I don't think they cover. And maybe that's just because it's a rivalry game. But also if they do cover, wouldn't shock me because again, like I said, they're going to absolutely run up the score. But I do expect Michigan to win this game, and I expect it not to be really close. Maybe competitive for the first little bit, uh, but it fully depends on what offense Michigan State brings. Will Jay Johnson bring a good game plan? He hasn't really brought one in a long time. So lots of issues up in the air, lots of questions, but I think Michigan's going to come in really upset. I think Michigan State is losing games that they shouldn't, and I think the players are going to come in. They're going to be excited. There's going to be a lot of passion going into the game. You're going to have the fan base is going to be riled up. You're going to have tailgating all day in this game. Uh, you're going to have alcohol sales as well. 
going to be an interesting atmosphere. First one with alcohol sales and a night game as well. Going to be in front of a ton of fans in front of TV as well. I do expect Michigan to have quite a few fans there as well. I think it might be like 65, 35, 60, 40 probably. If I had to guess, I think Michigan State won those couple of games against Rutgers and Iowa. Maybe it might be more like 70, 30, but I think this Michigan fan base is going to travel really well to East Lansing, and I expect that Michigan will win this game. So let's go into this game for Michigan State. Let's go into this game for Michigan. A lot more pressure on Michigan to continue to win, and yeah, I think Michigan pretty much wins this game pretty handily. And I think they'll be taking Paul Bunyan back home to Ann Arbor. Would be shocked if anything less happened. So, yeah, that's kind of it for episode number 184. Let me know what you think. Do you think Michigan State has any chance? What can I do to also improve on the podcast as well? Let me know. Also looking for any guests I want to join. But, yeah, Rivalry Week starts and ends tomorrow. So, Michigan State. Michigan, who will win? Will Michigan State fans be happy? Probably not. Will Michigan fans be happy? Probably. So, yeah, thank you for tuning in to episode number 184. Please continue to support the podcast. Continue to listen. Uh, let your friends and family know about it. I would really appreciate it. And hopefully you enjoyed this episode.